Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Praising the Lord, sis. Praising the Lord. Oh, right. Um, I was so I was listening to Sister Linda, and I was, woohoo! Yes, yes, yes. Because giving testimony is so important. The enemy doesn't want us to do that. Um, uh, you want us, he wants us to be shy, you know. But the more we give God the glory, the more He will give us a reason why to give Him more glory. So to God be the glory, great thing He has done. Even though I'm gonna sing, and I want to thank God too for Sister Londa because when my husband was sick, we prayed in the um, I believe it was Wednesday night, and we declared and we claimed that He would not have um, the test. The test will not be um, positive. So uh, lo and behold, he was negative. So I think God, it, it is important to have a prayer partner. It is important to trust God. It is important to give testimony so we can give God the glory. Amen. So pray for me. I'll be singing a song for the first time. So if the glory will always go to God. As you know, my voice is not good, but I'm doing it for God's glory alone. Thank you. Tu m'as ébloui. Par ta mélodie, tu m'as tout un chant d'amour. Un de dérivant devant mes ennemis, de mes cœurs profits. Je ne suis plus esclave de la peur. Je suis Enfant de Dieu, je ne suis plus de la peur. Je suis enfant de Dieu. Avant ma naissance, tu m'avais choisi, appelé par mon nom. Tu m'as adopté, je suis de ta famille, ton sang coule dans mes veines. Je ne suis plus esclave de la peur, je suis enfant de Dieu. Je ne suis plus esclave. De la peur, je suis enfant de Dieu. Tu prends la mer et je peux la traverser. Mais perce-moi de ton amour. Tu m'as sauvé, alors je peux chanter. Je suis enfant de Dieu. Tu prends la mer et je peux la traverser. Mais peu loin de ton amour. Tu m'as sauvé, alors je peux sauter. Je suis enfant de Dieu. Je suis enfant de Dieu. Oh, 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 You are not only 
with a melody throughout the way a song of the liberation for my enemy in all my fields are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God from my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. The blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are gone in perfect love. You rescue me and I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are drawn in a perfect love. You rescue me and I will stand and see, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Oh, 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 oh. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Joseph, for singing that in bilingual, in French, and in English, my sister. God has used you mightily tonight to water, indeed, our souls. We are no longer enslaved by this fear. Our future looks bright. To God be the glory. To God be the praise. Thank you, Sister Joseph, for that wonderful rendition that we can rest assured that the Lord is on our side. And it was in Amos verse 11 where it says behold the days cometh saith the Lord God that I will send a famine in the land not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water but of the hearing the words of the Lord Father in heaven, we come and we recognize we are definitely in famine, Lord. We have so much physical food. Our garbage bins are filled weekly, Lord, with leftovers. Lord, truly we can say that when we look and we see we are in this famine that your word talk about. We are in this thirsty area, Lord, that your word talk about in Amos 8, 11. 
And Lord, if you don't send word, where are we going to get it from? If you don't send your Holy Spirit to quench our thirst, how can our thirst be quenched? Lord, I'm asking you for a word tonight. Use your manservant in a mighty way to deliver a word that will empower, to deliver a word that will encourage, to deliver a word that will break every fetters, break every chain. Send thy word, O Lord. And we beg of thee, Holy Spirit, to work upon our heart. Give us a receptive heart and allow us, Lord, to put your word into practice. Allow us, Lord, to live by thy word, thus saith the Lord. And as Job says, we need thy word more than necessary food, Lord. So into your hands now we commit your manservant. Use him mightily tonight. May your word go forth. And not return to you void. We ask it all in the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. With the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. Heal our lands, Lord. In Jesus' name. God be praised. Amen and amen. Well, I want to welcome this young man indeed to Button to Christ Ministry. It's a young man who loves the Lord and loves the work of the Lord. So we want to welcome Brother Patrick tonight. Just press star, star to unmute your phone, my brother. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Happy Sabbath. Thank you, Brother Andrew. Happy Sabbath, everyone. God has been a good God, and we just want to praise him, exalt him. I personally just want to say thanks to the Lord for sustaining me, for maintaining me, for restoring me, and I'm thanking the Lord. And the moment I found out what's going on, uh, everything was gone. All the feelings and every attack was gone. I'm just praising God. So I'm in recovery mode. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Actually, before we get into the word tonight, um, I know a lot of people have been asking the question, how long did Jesus stay in the grave? Um, the Bible refers to um, he's going to spend three days in the grave and three nights. And a lot of people wrestling and asking, have been, they have been asking the question, could you show us because we can't understand it. And I was reasoning with um, a family about it and talks about Thursday and and the different times, you know, and how long and when the day really starts. Well, I brought in Pastor Saw to help me here. So we're going to discuss it a little bit. How long did Jesus stay in the in the grave or in, you know, how long? Was the prophecy right? You know, why are we struggling with this? Pastor Saw, um, happy Sabbath. Could you unmute your phone? Amen. Happy Sabbath, Elder Patrick. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good to have you again. Good to have you again. Pleasure so to could be you here. explain? Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Could you explain to us um, why so many people struggle with the okay. fact that Jesus prophesied his death and his resurrection and people struggle? How many days did he stay in and what scripture, what version? Could you just break it down a little bit and see what Sister White says also? Go ahead. Okay, thank you, Elder Patrick. Let's just have a quick word of prayer against one more time. Loving Lord Jesus, the entrance of your words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Illuminate now our minds. Through the Holy Spirit, we pray and ask in the almighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So uh, this text has been a controversial one for many. Uh, the evangelical world tends to believe that Jesus uh, literally was in the grave three days and three nights, and they even started from uh, from Wednesday, and they count Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sabbath, right? But let's take a look at some scriptures, and then we will allow the scriptures to 
prove its own self. For the Bible is own best. The Bible is its own best commentary. So let's take a look at the primary passage uh, where we read about Jesus's three days and three nights. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. Matthew 12, verse 40. And I read in your hearing, it says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, if we compare the other gospel writers, we go to Mark chapter 8, verse 31. It says, it says here, I'm going to read it for you, Mark 8, verse 31. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn them with me, and you can write to a mark these down for further reference and uh, reading. Mark, Mark chapter 8, verse 31, and the Bible says, And he began to teach them, them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. So the expression is after three days. Then we go to a similar reference in John chapter 2, verse 19. John chapter 2, verse 19, and the Bible says, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So I want us to understand something. Um, Jesus, of course, in this last reference, 2.19, was not talking about the physical building. He was referring to his body, right? He was referring to his body, and uh, as John, of course, as, as John emphasizes that in verse 21, um, he says that he was speaking of the temple of his body. That's verse 21. So we understand that. And it says here that Jesus was speaking of his death. I will raise it up. And no, notice that Jesus said, he did not say, I will build it again. Of course, he says, I will raise it up. He was referring to his resurrection three days after his death. Now, to explain the three days and three nights, how, you have to understand that it does not necessarily mean, indicate three full days. You see, in ancient Israel, and even when we talk about the Old Testament, a part of a day was considered a whole day. So you can refer to Esther chapter 4, verse 16, and Esther 5, verse 1. So, in fact, a period of, you know, 26 or 27 or 28 hours could be called three days because it spans over three calendar days. So this is the this is the understanding that we need to keep in mind. Now uh, I want to share with you this that you have to understand that when we read the Bible in the English language, which is in like our modern Western tongue, we must remember that it was a translation of writings that was originally penned in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Okay, and so when they expressed the words, they, they expressed it based on their understanding of what a day would be. So a day could be, um, two, three days could be over uh, part of one day and part of another day. So this is what it's trying to explain to us. But there's no contradiction because when you think about when Jesus was arrested and then he was betrayed and arrested and he had the Passover, that would be the Thursday Thursday evening, and then, of course, it would roll all Thursday night into Friday, and then, of course, he was tried, and then he was, of course, uh, beaten, flogged, and then he was crucified, and that would be Friday evening because it would only make sense that it would be from Thursday evening because the, the supper, the last supper of the Passover was celebrated prior to the Sabbath, right? And so understand that prior to the Sabbath, and then, of course, he would be um, crucified, and his body would be taken down before sunset, as the custom is, and, of course, he would be laid in the, the borrowed tomb. So I, you have to understand it from that context. So that is what the Scriptures are saying, essentially, about three days and three nights. And so um, to further explain that, we have to understand that um, from Thursday night, so say Friday, so you count Thursday, Friday and Sabbath would be three days. And then he resurrected early Sunday morning, of course, before the sun rose. So that would, that would be the period of three calendar days. That would, then, that would then account for the three days. 
okay, that the Bible refers to. So that's what I want you to understand in terms of this scripture. Um, and there's something I just want to read for you to just clarify one piece thing and one more piece, and then I will hand it back over. So after, after you weigh all the evidence presented in scriptures on the subject with the scriptures I just shared with you, Matthew 12, 40, um, I share with you Mark chapter uh, 8, verse 1, and then, of course, John 2, 19. What we see is that, that Christ died and was given burial late on Friday, the day before the Sabbath. His followers rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment, and while he lay in the tomb, and he rose from the dead early in the morning on Sunday, which would be the first day of the week. So his resurrection occurred shortly before the woman came to the tomb and found it empty. And although he did not stay in the tomb exactly 72 full hours, Christ was in it three calendar days counted from and including the one which he was put to death, as he predicted he would be. So that, that again, you've got to go back to Matthew 12, 40 to read the context, and then Matthew 28, verses 1 through 6, which is in harmony with the other New Testament writers um, concerning you know, the time of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. So I hope that clears up some understanding. Okay, um, Pastor. So could I say then that Thursday night, is to bring it a little bit home. So Thursday yeah. night, he died then. Well, so he didn't die. He didn't die on the Thursday night. So the process, right? So the, the so, no, but the Thursday the, night is the is the Friday. Right, Thursday night rolled into the Friday morning. That's right. From sunset, remember sunset to sunset, right? So Thursday sunset to Friday sunset would be considered a day, but it rolled over two calendar days. You see, yeah. Yeah. So how they counted it was calendar days. So if you say okay. Thursday evening, which would beginning with Thursday sunset would be the beginning of a new day, which would be Friday, right? So Thursday, Friday, and Sabbath. That would be three okay, days, so and then he Thursday rose night morning. and Thursday night would be one night then. Correct. Right. Correct. Thursday. Yeah, and, and Friday. I know. I know. I told them. I told everybody it's best to write it down because it's a little bit complex. So you'd have to write it probably one Sabbath. We're going to do it and put it on the, okay. on the, the PowerPoint sure. and see okay. and see right. from when it starts. I think we should do that. And then when we no shave it, it's easier to look at it and visualize it because it's a little bit complicated. Yeah. Okay. We can put it in writing. We definitely could put yeah. it in writing. But but just to, the, just to conclude, just remember that in the, in the Hebrew mind, in the Bible's writer's mind, that, um, that, that these periods of time were not necessarily full days, 24 hours, because they overlapped. And according to even Genesis, um, from, 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 um, it says from sunset to sunset, from that evening and morning were the first day. So you have to understand then that from Thursday evening, um, that would be the new day, which would be really be Friday. But according to the calendar day, it will be count from Thursday. If you count Thursday, Friday, and Sabbath, that's three days, right? And then you would, then you of course, of course, uh, then the three nights would be counting from that period of time as well. But I'll put it in writing, and then we'll put the scriptures again so that we can compare it and um, make uh, make it more clar clar clarified um, and more, you know, understood. I think, yeah, that's the best thing we've got to do. We've got to put it on, on in writing so we can have a visual. So, you know, everyone can get it that some, it started from Thursday night, but Thursday night is actually Friday. You know what I mean? That's right. So it's a little bit complex right. because we are keeping the calendar year, the, the human calendar, other than the Bible calendar and how the Bible right. works one day. So it's a little bit exactly. complex. So. Regardless of what the, the Bible does not contradict itself and No it doesn't. You know, no. Amen. And and then just remember that according to the Bible writer's mind, a part of a day would be considered a whole day. And that's how they wrote it in their mindset back then. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Praise I hope God. um Praise some God. of us get the understanding. Thank you so much, Pastor Sir. Praise be to God. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen.
Praise God. Praise God. Well, okay, I'm going to get into a short word here. Um, and I'm going to my favorite scripture, one of my favorite scripture. The Lord impresses me. I've done two sermons on this before. And the Lord impressed me to go to it. And it's Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. Matthew 15. And for me, this is one of my top 10 favorite scripture. I've done two sermons online on it. And it's about this woman praying. And, and you know, it's just so powerful. Let us pray right now. Father in heaven, we're so grateful and thankful, Lord, for your blessings, for the blessings of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for everyone in their home listening. And we are just so grateful. And Lord, we just pray amid this pandemic that your people are preparing. They are preparing also that if there's a shutdown coming, that we will be okay because we have you, Lord. We have enough food. We have brethren that we can call on. We have backup support. We have prayers. So, Lord, we thank you that all of us is still alive. You know, amidst the pandemic, we are alive in thee. We are so grateful. Thank you, Jesus Christ, and may you multiply the words now and let the words go with power. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Praise the Lord. Okay. So the scripture is Matthew 15, starting from verse 21. And we have to realize here that Jesus was coming out from a coast, you know, from a region where he was spreading the gospel message and he was healing. And somebody was tracking him on the radar. And, and I want to tell you that you just have to add this to your, your prayer journal, how you track the Lord in prayer. You know what I mean? There's somebody watching the Lord. So here what verse 21 says. It says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And verse 22 says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him saying have mercy on me okay let's break it down you see this to me is one of the most powerful prayer in the bible one of the it said a woman came out of the same coast the woman was tracking the lord how do you track the lord in prayer it's the word. The word is the Lord. The word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We know the word. This woman was studying the word, and she was shocking the word, Christ Jesus. She came to him, the woman. This woman do not have a name. All it is is her background, her culture, the Canaan woman, the Canaanite woman came out of the same coast. So it's a Canaanite woman, and the Lord is saying, look at it this way. I don't have to know your name if you're coming to me in prayer. You don't have to say, it's me, Lord. You know me and call your full name. It's Patrick Baker. It's me, Lord. The Lord already know who you are. He said before you were born, before you were even thought of, I knew you before you were conceived. He said, that's where God comes in. It's beyond our comprehension. That's how deep God is. Before your mom and dad get together, God knew about it. The human brain cannot think that far. To say, what kind of God are you? That's the God we serve. So when we come to the Lord, we don't have to come with our accolades and who we are. He already knows who we are. It's the relationship. This woman 
come from the same coast. And what she did first, she cried unto him, when last have you gone into prayer and you cried to the Lord? When last have you gotten to the mercy seat on your knees and cry to the Lord? How do you cry to the Lord? How do you raise holy hands? How do you lay down and cry to the Lord, Abba? So the first action of prayer is that she came out of the coast. She's tracking the Lord, and then she cried to him. That's an action word in prayer, crying out to the Lord. And then it says, she cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me. In other words, when she cried out, she asked for mercy. God that we serve is a merciful God. The God that we serve cares about your situation. And when you cry out to him and say, have mercy, he's there, he's willing to extend mercy and to have mercy. So in other words, she came and she cried with a cry, emotions. And the Lord understands the pain that she's going through. He understands the pain that you and I go through. She cried out and she said, have mercy. Because the Lord has a hill full of mercy. Tender mercy and love. That's the God we serve. He has abundance. He's abundance in mercies and goodness. He has barriers. He has beyond borders of mercy, a whole hill, somebody would say, of mercy. And then she continued, O Lord, thou son of David. Stop right there. Again, somebody crying, O thou son of David. Again, it shows that she knows him. She knows his genealogy. She knows where he's coming from. She knows his family background. He said, O thou son of David, she got personal. When we come to the Lord, he wants a personal relationship with us. He wants us to come to the mercy seat and tell him how we are feeling, tell him what we're going through. This is the God we serve. She got personal and said, Lord, O thou son of David, to say, I know you from back home. I've been following you. I've been tracking you. I know you. I have a relationship with you. I know who you are. I know your father. I know everything about you. Mercy. When she identified and she have mercy and called, this is specific prayer. Then she told her request. After she addressed him, she gave her request. He says in verse 22 at the bottom, Matthew 15, verse 22, he says, My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. In other words, the devil is throwing her up and down. I can't control her. She's out of control. Demon is manifesting. I need your help. She's in the dirt. She's eating dirt. Her face is going different direction. There's sights of anger. All these things is happening. I need your help. The devil is at home. She present her request to the Lord. She told the Lord, the devil is at home. I need your help. I need your help, Lord. When last have you told the Lord, I need your help? When last have you come in prayer and in crying, you and God alone, and said, I need your help? Even though God knows already 
that her daughter was home with a devil. She still seeked the Lord. She followed him and seek God. She don't sit at home and say, God understand. God will come. She go out and she seeks help. God bless those who help themselves. In other words, stepping out in faith. That's part of this prayer. This woman, recognizing her need, run out to the Lord, track him, follow him, cry out, and run after him and beg him for help. Wow. This is so deep. This is so deep. Lord of mercy. When last have you desired such help? Is it that we are not in such a dire need? Is that our condition is not diring? We don't have nobody at home who is vexed with a spirit. In other words, spirit manifesting is it something we're not getting is it we're not in the miry clay we are still okay so wait until we're at the bottom before we cry out are you waiting until you're at the bottom perhaps you're at the bottom right now look at verse 23 but he answered her not a word. And that was one of my titles for one of my sermons. That the woman came in her calamity. She cried out to son of David and she stated her request. And the Lord was right there and did not answer her. It's different when you're praying now and you know the Lord is in spirit and in truth. And you're listening for the prompting of the Holy Spirit. But this moment, she was shocking the Lord and he was physically there. And she approached him in prayer and he ignored her. That was the reason to Pack up your bags and leave the church. That's reason to say, I'm done. That's reason to say, I'm forgetting about Adventists. That's reason to say, I'm not going to follow Jesus any longer. Forget son of David. She pressed and expressed her emergency need. Could you imagine this woman was puffing and puffing and saying, my daughter, my daughter is home. And she couldn't even talk because she, the devil probably was throwing her against the wall and a lot of manifestation. She had to run out of the house to get help. And she came supposedly to the only source. She did not go to the psychic like some people. She did not get no tarot card like some people and go to any burning and frankincense or more. She did not go and go get incense and start to burn, you know, to run Satan with Satan instruments. She did not. She ran to Jesus. And Jesus did not answer. What when we pray and we don't get no answer? What when we're in dire need? We're going to make a financial decision. And we're waiting to hear from God. And when we get there and ask God and say, God, show me a sign and tell me if I should buy this property. You don't get no sign, but you buy the property anyway. And then destruction comes. You couldn't wait long enough at the crossroad. Because we are a people of time. We want it now. It's better now. And sometimes in your distress, that's when God wants you to wait. When Lazarus died, the sister says to Jesus, if you had only come a little sooner, he wouldn't have died. But the Lord wanted to come when Lazarus is dead. He's not going to come when he's alive because there's no miracle when he's alive. 
verse, so you don't get it. If you're waiting on God, God is saying, there's no miracle where you are right now. I got to take you to a place of miracle. I got to take you to this place where I can show an experience and show you my power. So this woman come in verse 23, but he said, but he answered her not a word. How could the Lord do such a thing? Why would the Lord pause? The woman come right in his face and says, son of David, I need your help now. And the Lord answer not a word. That is discouragement in prayer. When you're praying, 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 and you can't get no answer, a lot of people get discouraged. But the Lord is showing us now that patience is a part of prayer. Those that wait on the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagle. I'm telling you, those that wait. The Lord did not tell us how long we're going to wait. No wonder the Lord does not tell us when he's going to come. Because if he had told us, a lot of us would party until when it gets time for Jesus to come, we start to flood the church and get baptized. But praise God, God doesn't tell us. God is a God of patience, long-suffering. Here the woman got no answer. And hear what happened in verse 23. When Jesus ignored her, it says, And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. Listen, that's so powerful. That's a sermon in itself. Listen. The woman come over to Jesus and state her situation in prayer. Okay, you see, it's about worship, you see. We heard Brother Harold talk about worship tonight and his testimony. It's about worship. You see, the woman comes to worship Jesus and asks in prayer for help. And Jesus, in, in Isaiah, he said, in a little moment, I hid my face from thee but with everlasting care. The Lord is saying, I just turned my head from her for a moment. I'm not going to answer you right now. And when the Lord refused to answer, guess who jumped to the front to answer? His disciples. Come to discourage the woman. The disciples said to Jesus, intervening right in the midst of prayer. Intervene. That's how the devil works. In your prayer, the devil will come and intervene and try to send you thought. But in this prayer, the Lord is saying, stay on your knees still. Don't give in to the thought, the negative thought that comes at you. Because when the woman is in prayer, the disciples interject and said, send her away. He cries after us. That's self. That's the devil speaking. Listen, he said, send her away. And he didn't speak, the disciples didn't speak softly so the woman don't hear. They disturbed her prior and they came and says, send her away. So Jesus did not answer her. So when we pray sometimes, we may not get an answer from God at the same time. But God is encouraging us to keep pressing still. And then the disciples come with further discouragement. While you're on your knees, the devil will send you thought of discouragement. Why pray? Don't you see a prayer is not being answered? Why not just get up from your knees and walk away? Why trust God? Look how long you've been praying for your daughter and nothing is happening. You think there's still a God? Why don't you just give up? I'm telling you, that's what the enemy was saying. They discourage the woman and tell the Lord, don't you see the follow us? Self, us right there is self. They're saying they're there because we are big time. We're doing miracles. Self was in the way. And hear what? When the Lord sees that, that the devil is intervening while you're on your knees praying. Verse 24. But he answered and said, Listen, in the midst of your waiting, the Lord can come in now and answer. 
when you exercise the patience, the woman was discouraged by the Lord when he answered not. And then the disciples came and discourages her more. And she still remained in prayer. She did not get up and said, I'm out. Forget you guys. She continued to persevere in prayer. And once she was in prayer still, hear what happened now. While she's in prayer, boom, the Lord answered. And the Lord says in verse 24, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The Lord is saying, stop right there. I'm here not for you. I'm here to save the people who drop out of the Seventh-day Adventist church. I'm here to save Adventist Sundays. I'm not here for you. That's three discouragement in a row. You don't get it. You better know this prayer. This is one of the most powerful prayers. This is one of the heavy-duty prayers of the Bible. Listen. The Lord came again and discourages the woman while the woman prayed. All right. Look at verse 25. So that's three discouragement in prayer. You've got to write it down, please. Verse 25. Then he said, Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord of mercy. This, this is too powerful. You see, this is a Sabbath sermon. This is too powerful. In the midst of true discouragement, it brought the woman to deeper worship. That's when you recognize who Jesus Christ really is. That discouragement don't stop you from coming to the mercy seat. The woman recognized and the woman draw close and said, listen, I have nobody else to turn to but you. I ain't going to no psychic. I ain't going to no seers. I'm holding on to Jesus. Wow. This really breaks my heart. The woman says, I need your help. I have nowhere else. If you don't help me, I'm dying right here. The Lord outright says, I'm not here for you. Three discouragement. Some of us get half of a discouragement and we stop worship. Three discouragement and it brought the woman to prostrate herself, to fall on her knee and start worship in Jesus' name. That's the power of worship. That's the power of the El Shaddai. That's the power of the God who we serve. That you may be discouraged and may drive you to your knees to connect with Jesus. Lord, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy upon us tonight. The people at the mercy seat. And hear what happened now. After the woman was discouraged, she came to worship. And hear what verse 26 says. Jesus answered again. Another answer came after the woman further worshipped, even the discouragement. In verse 26 said, but he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. Hello, somebody. That's another sermon by itself. The Lord gave the fourth discouragement. The Lord says, listen, it's not fair for me to come here to save the last children of Israel and take it to meet them. They take the word I bring and the encouragement and give it to the dogs. The woman were called dog. And she still decided, I ain't giving up. Uh, uh, let's see what happened. After the Lord said that to the woman, I thought the woman is gone now. Hear what verse 27 says. And she said, Truth, Lord. She agreed and said, Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Lord of mercy. It's done. I'm telling you. The Lord is saying, Wow, I can't get rid of this. That's a real Christian. That's a prior warrior. That's a woman of God. I discouraged her four times, testing her. 
did not give up. Listen, you don't get it. Listen. The Lord calls her dog and said, listen, it's not fair for me to take the meat and give to the dogs. You know, you know when the, 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 the crumbs drop the dog on the ground, eat up the crumbs. And the lady shocked Jesus when she says, and she said in verse 27, truth, Lord. She agreed and said, you're right, you know. You're right. You come to feed those people with the real bread. But you know what? If I only get the crumbs, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She said, you are my master. I'm ready to eat the crumbs of the word here. I'm not going nowhere. So you better just bless me. It doesn't matter what you say, man. I'm in. That's the testing of the faith. That's the testing in the last days. Four strike of discouragement. The Lord realized that this woman is whom I call. This woman is the prayer warriors we are looking for for the last days. Who's not going to be discouraged and talk negative about the ministry. It's not going to be somebody who wishy-washy and look for reasons to put people down and put the Christ down. I'm looking for people who say, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to make things happen. He's not looking for people to say, button to Christ, talk about demons. All they talk about is demons. This woman recognizes it's a spiritual warfare. A lot of people are blinded. We don't think it's a warfare. But when the war comes to your home, you're going to see. If your child becomes demon-possessed, then you're going to see the real war. You haven't been in war yet. You, you don't understand. This woman was discouraged four times. And the lady says, if I could only get the crumbs, I'll be happy. Is it what you want tonight, this morning, tonight? Just the crumbs? Once it falls from the master's table, that little crumbs worth more than many loaves. Remember the five loaves and the fishes. It's only the crumbs that fed over 5,000. That's the miracle work in God. In the last verse, 28, what it says, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Wow. Wow. Don't you realize it was a testing? Jesus tried to turn away this woman. Why didn't the woman get up and walk away? A lot of us would have. If somebody, you know how many times we plan to pray for people and we don't get to pray for them? And a lot of people walk away. And when they walk away, they criticize us. <laughs> you don't get it. And it was their testing. God wanted to take them to the next level, but they walk away from the blessing. You don't get it. God will tell you he's going to bless you. And when you come there, the Lord tells you to come back next two years just to test your faith, to see whom you serve. God will tell you, no, I won't answer you just to test you. If this woman had got up and went when the disciples discouraged her, would her daughter be healed and become whole? No. Would her prayers be answered? No. In the discouragement, we have to press. If you're told you're going to be prayed for and it doesn't happen, it meant the Lord didn't work it out yet. Your deliverance is not yet. You know, sometimes we are so grateful for some people who waited. They wait for a year and a year and a half before we get to them. And you know what? When they are delivered, the Lord activates their gifts because they waited. They waited patiently on the Lord. 
they realize that but to Christ is just a few people dealing with thousands of people over the world. We don't have the strength to deal with so many people. No wonder the enemy wants to attack us. Instead of tearing us down, you got to lift us up in prayer. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it has been a really tough journey. The, the best I've felt for the last three days is today. You know why? Because the Lord showed us today that there was an attack right after the powerful sermon on Sabbath. The devil sent a high-level power to touch me. I felt it. I felt it after the sermon last Sabbath. I was standing in the in the gym area, and I just felt something like my head just changed immediately. This has never happened for over 20 years. And when it touches me, I've never felt like this in my entire career with the Lord. Until today, the Lord showed us that from we prayed for Halloween, the enemy wants to destroy everybody in the ministry because the prayer and the fasting we had for the Halloween, it prevented a lot of things that they wanted to do in the spiritual realm. So the enemy is conjuring up spirit against everybody that works for Button to Christ. We got to stay in much prayer. We got to stay in much fervent prayer. Brethren, you got to pray for us around the clock. This is the first I could say I've ever been attacked in 20 years where I felt like I wasn't going to make it. But I persevere, and I must tell you, after the Lord showed up and showed us what to do in prayer to, and the prayer of deliverance and anoint myself, everything was broken, and I felt so well that I could come on tonight to do this word. God is such a good God. You know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord promised he will raise up a standard against the enemy. We need your prayers, brethren. We can't do it without you. But this ministry are into warfare. The devil's main weapon, we are on their radar. The highest level of radar is on us. So, brethren, we need the prayers of the brethren. We need the encouragement. We don't need to be torn down. We need encouragement. If you don't believe, just come out with us one day and get a glimpse and your life will be changed forever. So continue to pray for us. And remember this prayer. You can go online and watch a couple sermons I've done in this. This is one of the most powerful prayers. A woman of faith. That's how the enemy is going to discourage us in the last days with church people. I'm telling you, the same people, disciples, were the discourager, discouraging the woman because they want Jesus from them for themselves. Spiritual jealousy. I'm telling you, it's high-level power. But the woman did not worry about the discouragement in the church because we know that's where it's going to come from. We gotta keep pressing. Judas was around the table with Jesus. Discouragement comes from close. But when the victory comes, it's gonna be sweeter. Let's pray Father. Let's pray for the church. Let's pray against the pandemic. The churches are still on shutdown and the issue is getting worse. More shutdown is coming. It's definitely high time, brethren. If our eyes are not opening now, I don't know what else to tell you. This makes Noah's ark look foolish. I'm telling you, Christ is coming. If you don't see the signs now, I'm telling you, we're just sleeping. May God just bless us tonight, brethren. And may his face just shine upon us as we continue to press in him. I know we're a little bit late tonight, but God bless you and keep you. And may you just take down this prayer. It's very powerful. Go through it yourself and see the woman coming in prayer and how she expresses herself in prayer and tell an intercessory prayer 
interceding on behalf of her daughter. May God just bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name, as we will have a short prayer request, very short in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.